Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday, the 12th of November, 2023. Hello. It's all right. We're not we're not going to hurt you. Me? Me? My name's Sharon. Sharon. What's yours? Meep! Meep! Not much of a name, is it? Meep. Bit weedy. That's fudge. Ignore him, Meep. Greetings to you all. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, In a few moments, Benji and I will be chatting to Mark Wright, the editor of The Art of the Audio Adventures. Hello, Mark. Hello. Good to have (laughs) you with us, Mark. Straight to the point. We we like that. We like that. It's very nice to be here. Well, after this, anyway, it'll be time for the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of Torchwood Suckers. Disturbing goings-on in a secure unit in Brecon. All right, all right, don't push! Then, to begin the celebrations for the upcoming Doctor Who 60th anniversary TV specials, starting with The Star Beast, starring David Tennant, we take a look back at our version of The Star Beast, adapted from the Doctor Who weekly comic strip, starring Tom Baker as the Doctor. And the meeps, uh being brilliantly played by uh, Beth and Dixon Bate. Following that, the randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount dutifully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Oh. Rand's choice is random and a mystery, so don't tell anyone. Ah, here is a sneaky clue as to what it might be. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's Doctor Who, the comic strip adventures, or adaptations, I should say, The Star Beast, adapted by Alan Barnes from the original comic strip by Pat Mills and John Wagner. It's all right, Meep. That signal means course clear. Come over yard if you're coming. Don't worry. We're going to hide you out at Fudge's house till we can work out what to do with you. Come on. Meep quietly, you. There's folks living either side of us, you know. So, hello, Mark, again. Hello. <laughs> uh, tell us about the art of the audio adventures. Uh, it's a book, isn't it? It's a blooming great book. It is. It is a fantastically, I suppose, high-end art-type book which features 100 of the best and significant covers from Big Finisher's uh, 20-odd years of Doctor Who releases. How did it come about? How did you first hear about it? I was approached by our senior producer, John Ainsworth, who I've worked with John a lot over the years on books. We edited the complete his- Doctor Who, The Complete History together, and we worked on uh, other books uh, in some of our other jobs. And when this was floated... Um, from uh, I think Jason. Jason's always wanted to do something like this. Yeah, yes, uh, John does, instantly yeah. thought of me and approached me to to put it together. And how did you go about choosing all the covers? As if I didn't know. <laughs> oh, oh, it was a nightmare. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> we, it, I think, we were very clever in limiting ourselves to what we could call pure Doctor Who releases, which is a range led by and starring a Doctor. So there are no worlds of Big Finish or worlds of Doctor Who here or spin-offs. We just kept it to Doctor Who releases. Uh, And it was a case of whittling down from... I mean, they're hundreds in themselves. And whittling that down to 100 uh, was was tricky. But we we got there and... You know, that was the process that I think I enjoyed. And even then, that was changing quite close to delivering the final book. Um, so, but it's just been a delight to, to delve into this. Did you ask Did you ask people, I think I was asked for some recommendations, wasn't I? Did you ask people generally for recommendations or did that just happen to me? We did. We got, we got some recommendations and we've had some comments. So the format of the book is... It's really interviews with, well, I say interviews, it's commentary from everybody, from the cover artists themselves in most cases. We've got producers, writers, directors, and we have some doctors who've given us their recommendations as well, oh, uh, which is really lovely. Um, and it's just been, for me, it was, a, it was time travelling back to the very early days of Big Finish, where... Yeah. 
I was present at the creation of a lot of those very early covers because I was a flatmate of Clayton Hickman who who did a lot of those early covers. Yeah, so I was yeah. there throughout the creation of those. So so this was a real trip down memory lane for me. Um, and it's just and it just shows uh, you know, we're an audio drama production company, but so this is a way of telling a visual history of Big Finish, yeah. which was my approach to it really. What do you think uh fans will get out of it i think it's just a way of being able to revel in this artwork at a larger size and in yeah. beautiful high resolution and without uh the branding we've got none of the branding on it so each spread which has been beautifully designed by mark plasto <laughs> our in-house graphic designer uh, and some of his covers also feature in the book um it's so we've got you know, so each cover is, has a spread to itself, and one page is the cover blown up to quite a large size. So we can just get to look at the detail that some of our artists put into these covers. So I think that's the thing. It's just one of those coffee table style books that you can just, you know, just sit there with a cup of tea on a Sunday afternoon, just enjoying this artwork. Now, having in my life done several signings, I notice that sometimes people bring big books with them for you to sign, you know, next to your character. And I, I imagine this would be quite handy for fans who like to do that, where they could get these books signed, couldn't they? I think so, yes. I mean, obviously it's not a definitive collection of Big Finish covers, no. but I think it will. It might be one of those books that Big Finish fans, rather than bringing stacks of booklets, because I've had that presented over the years, as you <laughs> have, uh, which is really, I mean, again, that's that's brilliant in itself, because you, you see releases that you, you haven't even thought about. That's right, years. I waste a lot of time going, oh, yes, and having little yes, memories, yeah. and they're standing there as if to say, can you just get on and sign it? <laughs> that, <laughs> that's exactly it. So this might be one of those books that a Big Finish fan can bring to a convention and just get Big Finish signatures in it in general because it's such a kind of a catch-all Big Finish book. Or they can go through and collect signatures alongside because there's space on each spread that anybody involved in that particular release could sign. You mentioned Mark Plasto there, our brilliant designer. He also designed the cover of the book, didn't he? And I think that's something really special. It's gorgeous. I think Mark deserves a huge shout out for this. He's as much part of what what I did to the book. Um, he's you know it's a fifty fifty partnership on this one to pull it together. He worked so hard on it, and that cover is just really classy. Uh, and that's what that's what I like about the book most of all is just that sheen of of quality it has. This is a this is a coffee table book, and Mark really you know took that on. Uh, and, and just put together a, a beautiful thing. So apart from being what I think is an informative book, because it will tell you about how all these covers were created, it's just gorgeous to look at. And sometimes that's that's a thing in itself. Yeah. And let's hope that no one actually puts their coffee on it. You know? <laughs> and no, if anyone's going to spill coffee on it, it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Benji, uh, so we said that Mark Plasto deserves a shout-out. What sort of shout-out would you like to give him? Well, I mean, he's such a talented guy. And again, he's he's at the centre of Big Finish and has been for years, hasn't he? You know, and he's very much yeah. responsible for... for I thought you were going to go, Mark! I mean, I could do. I was, I'm was. i being nice. But, but then I Mark just Wright go, might Mark! misunderstand you. Yeah, and, and yes, then, we had the two the two Marks on this book. And then Mark Platt will phone in and it will get really confusing. <laughs> Different you know, spelling, though. It'll just and then and then somehow out of the blue, Marcus Tullius Cicero from the podcast about four or five years ago will crop up. It all gets out of control. <laughs> but no, I mean you know, like all things in Big Finish, there are so many talented people that contribute to what we do, and it's just so nice in this case to, that some of these unsung cover artists, these heroes, get a real chance to actually to have their work in a physical format like that, that people can just sit and enjoy and see it for what it is. That's exactly nice. it. Nice, um, nice. I think, can I just say a big thank you to all the artists and everybody who's given yeah. me time in giving me commentary for these things and some of the things I've discovered about some of these covers and how you might be surprised that, uh, you know, Tom Baker's arm on a particular cover comes from a completely different source altogether, <laughs> just the tricks. Uh, but it is, it just tells the, you know, the, the story of graphic design over 23 years and you know i just like i actually i'd also like to shout out for both clayton hickman and 
Alex Mallinson, who oh. I think the foundations that they put into those big Finnish covers that have moved forward over the decades from there. And we we weren't able to talk to either Clayton or Alex, but we've got a lot, you know, commentary about their covers. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's a... I'm incredibly proud of it. It's taken me on some little trips down memory lane and little things that I'd forgotten about. Like, uh, although Project Twilight doesn't... It's not in the book. Um, there's a thumbnail of it at the end because I remembered that for the blood bags in the suitcase oh, that the yes, doctor is yeah. looking very scared yeah, of, yeah. uh, they were washing washing liquid tabs that Clayton <laughs> got from under our sink in our flat. You know, just these little tricks and things like that. So all that kind of trivia is there in the book as well. So it's a really informative and uh, and I hope fun uh, way to look at the covers as well. Nothing. Nothing is what you think. It's safe that there aren't any of my bad little scribbles in it that, that I occasionally no. do. No, because no. I've got one on my whiteboard, uh, <laughs> which I think it's the cover for uh, Jamie, actually. Oh, right, my initial um, uh, idea. For yes, it. yeah, yeah. Because those sketches, those sketches exist, uh, but no, we didn't. I mean, we could have put the one for. Uh, oh, snowmobile! Third Doctor on the snowmobile. Oh, yes, the. Um, and now I can't remember the title of it. <laughs> right, I'm going to have to look this up. Right, hold on. Um, so we could have put that one in there. We do have uh, one of Chris Naylor's sketches for uh, the Incheton incident for yeah. First Doctor Adventures Volume One because we've got uh, Chris's gorgeous cover for that in there. So we've got painted covers too. So yeah. it does. It really covers everything from from the early days of those early Photoshop days to you know what. Artists like Claudia Gironi are doing, and Chris as well. Uh, oh as yeah, well because I because yeah, I really wanted Claudia's cover for um, Beyond War Games in there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of my favourites. Uh, kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope, the one. kaleidoscope, memories. And I think, although I, were, I have been able to get my favourite of of my own big finish story covers in there uh which i'll just shout out for which is the church and the crown oh yes. which i think is one of clayton's best i mean it, it's got the fifth doctor in a musketeer's hat <laughs> uh, and i <laughs> think you know you what's not to like about that it's still even after 20 odd years that still really you know shouts out to me as a as my favorite and brings very happy memories as well very stylish yes well uh Mark, thank you so much for coming and being on the podcast. It's a pleasure. It's my and first time. Is it? God, well, it well, won't be your last, again. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the uh, the book, the uh, Doctor Who, the Art of the Audio Adventures, is out on Wednesday, the fifteenth of November. It says here. Uh, before you go, Mark, I just you know, um, people probably know that you're a writer and a producer for Big Finish. What what are you up to at the moment that you can talk about that you're allowed to without me uh, editing it out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, coming up next month, I've got uh, a War Doctor Begins. Uh, episode that's out in uh, December, but other things I don't think it's a secret. We're working on more first and second Doctor adventures, yeah. uh, of which I may be uh, writing on. But I, as ever, there's very little I can I can talk about in yeah, specifics. Same. But yeah, but first and second Doctor, we've got we've got great plans for the second Doctor at the moment. Where we're kind of I'm very much uh, in the depths of that at the moment mm -hmm. and uh, uh, me that's too. really exciting yes yes <laughs> no we're we're cooking we're cooking up things then and then thinking how are we going to get out of this one <laughs> but you know that's the fun of it that is the fun of it and, and always will be at big finish and i'm you know in the in doctor who's 60th anniversary year here we are 20 odd years into big finish and uh, it never gets old for me it's still yeah. a, a lovely thing to be involved with and so so thank you for that well, and thank you for all the brilliant stuff you do. Right then, time now for the Good Review Guide, reviewing the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at Torchwood Suckers from Big Finish Productions. Torchwood Suckers. All right, all right, don't push. New person. From Brecon. So, Shireen. Ah, Zul? Who's asking? Now, Shireen, you're being detained under Section 3 of the Mental Health Act. 
Do you understand? Yes. I didn't think I'd have to share. Who the hell's she? Now, Shireen, step back, calm yourself. But look at the state of her, just sat in the corner. She's very heavily medicated. You'll get no trouble from her. Now, we'll do a proper tour in the morning after you've had your cornflakes. But until then, welcome to Chelmsley Grove. We have such a laugh here. Honestly, we're a good bunch. So get some kip and nanite. Guess it's just you and me, love. You carry on steering, love. I'm gonna get some shut-eye. Toshika. Tosh. And you need to get out of here. This hospital is infested... With what? Aliens. Aliens, is it? <laughs> well, I'll handle Leela for that. Nothing. Big finish. For the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type suckers into the search pane at the top to find this one. First up, warpedfactor.com, Tony Flyer and the Flying Circus says, suckers <laughs> gives his name you... wrong again. <laughs> well, it's, it's in there, isn't it? It's probably Tony Filer, son of Bill Filer. I'm pretty certain it is, yeah. Suckers gives you way more than you may have been bargaining for, and it gives it to you through an A++ script some nice. superb performances and a creeping multi-level horror in the best traditions of the most challenging Torchwood. There have been lots of great Torchwood stories in 2022, but this is something on a whole other level. Go get it before the suckers get you. <laughs> He's got this great turn of phrases, old Tony. Tony yeah. Filer, uh, the son of... Uh... <laughs> Bill Filer. <laughs> From Claws of Axos, if you haven't been listening, that'll, that'll be new to you. The Exons, Doctor. Uh, DoctorWhoReviews.net, Kyle, says the uh, resolution highlights the ingenuity and determination that Tosh would continue to develop as Tortured progressed on screen. Tosh is quite rightly shaken by what she uncovers and experiences here, and the real-world terrors complement the alien ones to deliver a wonderfully grim and resonant Big Finish debut offering from Stuart. That's the writer. Um, just want to check the writer's name. Stuart, as I suspected, Alexander Stewart. SciFiBulletin.com up next with Alastair Stewart, another Stewart, but spelled mm. differently. This is yet another Torchwood release that works in every way. Lisa Bauman is one of the best directors Big Finish work with, and she and Maury always do excellent work together. See also Lou Morgan's excellent The Vigil. The cast are uniformly great, Stuart's script embodies the show at its absolute best, and the ending lands far harder than you'd expect. Clear-eyed, enraged and aware, this is Tosh's darkest hour, but one of Torchwood's finest. 10 out of 10. Lovely review. I'm obviously swayed by the high mark, but another beautifully written review, mm, I think. I thought so. Great writer, Alistair. Which reminds me... I. Over him an email. Uh, IndieMacUser.com, Cavan Ghibli. No, <laughs> I'm always doing this. Cavan Gilby. There we go. Why can't I get the L and the B round the right? I, I suppose it's like uh, typing flyer rather than filer, isn't it? Um, many of Torchwood's... Uh, this is fascinating. We could go on, but I'm not going to. Uh, many of Torchwood's... 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 Best audio stories show that humanity is often a greater threat to its own development and existence than any alien threat. Ain't that the truth? And that's the harsh reality that Stuart, that's Alexander Stuart, gets... Are we all in a public school here calling everyone by their surname? Stuart, uh, gets no across. talking at the back. <laughs> Please. Just throw a bit of chalk at Alexander Stop Stuart. Stop it. <laughs> uh, the harsh reality that Stuart gets across so well in suckers. Uh, put this... Alongside Lisa Bauman's direction, eh? capturing this sterile and empty atmosphere and a cast at the top of their game. Goal! Suckers is a really great entry into Tosh's audio pantheon and shows the breadth and depth of social commentary that Torchwood offers as a storytelling medium. 10 out of 10, back of the net. Listen, I love these reviews. They're, they're, they're great. They're, you can't knock yeah, them. You can't, can't knock them. them. And, you know, this story has really inspired some great ones. So this has been a slice of positivity for you in the rather troubled times we live in. Uh, next week, more reviews 
as we take a look at Doctor Who, the sixth Doctor Adventures, Purity Undreamed. Coming up soon, the randomoid selectatron and a 15-minute archive drama tease from Doctor Who, the Star Beast. But before that, let's go behind the scenes with that adventure released right back in March 2019. Okay, let's have a go at this. And cue. There's a mystery here. A starship in a geostationary orbit around the Earth in this epoch? Yes. And that alien voice called me someone's accomplice. I wonder if there's anything up down below. Bingo! U, F and O. Good thinking, Doctor. The Star Beast is, I think, the second ever Doctor Who comic strip in Doctor Who Weekly. I think... All of us fans from them days, we remember it because of Beep the Meep, who was such a beautiful little creation, but actually horribly evil. I think we all knew that Meep was horrible right from the word go, really. Just like the Iron Legion, the, the style is very different. The style of storytelling, it, it does feel very much like a, a comic strip come to life. And certainly uh, Tom Baker notices the difference. And I said when we were recording first with him on this one, he, no, I said, I was expecting an email from you, Tom. He went, no, no, no. I, I think he's got to sort of used to the craziness we throw at him. But yes, it, it's a different kettle of fish, really. Because also Alan is trying to capture the spirit of the comic strip not just in a broad sense, but also by using some of the very specific lines, the, the things that Pat Mills wrote for The Doctor, were, again, not the sort of things necessarily that Tom Baker's Doctor would say or certainly wasn't saying on television, but they were an extrapolation of what we knew of his character and we could sort of well imagine him saying those things. It's strange, isn't it? Usually we, I have you know, big speeches where we have arguments about principles and here you've got all these comic people and the meeps uh, being brilliantly played by uh, Beth and Dixon Bate and uh, the thing is that they're all doing it in a kind of a Yorkshire accent which is a good accent for comedies so so is Lan- Lancashire and it's uh, sometimes <laughs> it's reminiscent of Coronation Street really isn't it but of course there are monsters there and I'm I'm the know-all as usual producing the whole thing I think hinges on my um sonic screwdriver which gets funnier and funnier as the years go by certainly before the series got rebooted i think but i you know i've always been slightly aware you know doctor who only actually seems to exist for most of the time in that sort of you know in this in this quite enclosed bit of lovely bit of southeast england you know mm-hmm. uh, whereas most people street or, or it's in the southwest where people speak like yokels like you know but and there's there's nothing else i mean i don't think ireland's ever existed in the doctor who universe you know and scotland only exists for terror of the zygons and as for that sort of bit between you know the Watford gap and you know i mean the, the, <laughs> Watford, the, the Watford gap is somewhere that exists in you know the, the film of the dalek invasion of earth and and then there's just scotland after that there's nothing there's literally nothing in between yeah and, and you know it's something that does need addressing and funnily enough i mean the star beast the the local character's dialect isn't actually written in it, it isn't written in being broad yorkshire or whatever but I mean, clearly, there's only one place where you find a steel mill, and clearly, you know, you look at those streets with the the little back alleys, the the ginnels. I think that that added sort of authenticity in the in well, semi authenticity in the character writing and in the, in the world they inhabit makes for that lovely Doctor Who contrast between you know the mundane and the the bizarre, and that's what that's what Doctor Who really is. It's it's you know normally you have you know the Doctor represents the the mundane, the worldly character, sort of coming into this bizarre situation, sort of you know putting things into sort of you know words that everyone can understand. But you know this is the mundane world. You know is is everything in this. It's almost like it's the, the the aliens can't function in it. The aliens are struggling to comprehend this 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 world, which is so bizarre to them. Which I, I had a lot of fun with um, the the constables, the the Ruath constables, you know, because they're, they're just trying to comprehend this place where people have their flesh on the outside, you know, and, and mm. you know what are these birds, and you know, just like. Yeah, just had a lot of fun with that. As Alan Barnes has said, this was like a blueprint for a reinvention of Doctor Who on television, whereas The Iron Legion was more like a movie. This was like a sort of a different version of Doctor Who that could have happened on television. It's very modern and very different, and nothing like Doctor Who was in those days on television. I was an original reader of Doctor Who Weekly. I remember getting these, you know, coming out weekly installments 
I just think they're fantastic, utterly fantastic. The Star Beast in particular, I think it is so modern. I mean, you, you can imagine another future, actually, where instead of doing sort of season 18 Doctor Who, you know, they went off and did a sort of, you know, the Star Beast, a really, really, a, a really modern Doctor Who style story, you know, with modern characters, with, with real characters speaking authentically, rather than this quite sort of, you know, highfalutin sci fi stuff they went off into. You know, you can imagine it as sort of what was being like the sort of 2005 rebirth of Doctor Who happening in 1980. You know, it really was, it was that real, it was that genuine. And it's all about feeling as well. I think the Star Beast is all about feeling, and it's all—it's told very much through emotions, and it's told very much through you know how sort of Sharon sees the Meep as a sort of fellow, not outcast, but someone who who you know who who needs help and identifies with them in some way. And Fudge similarly is is a, a kind of weird outcast because for all his bluster and bravado, you know he's hanging around with a girl. You know he's not hanging around with the cool boys. You know he's actually just a you know a nerdy boy. You know in, in his you know, obviously, it's all rubbish. Everything he comes up with, because you know they're all people who have needs that that aren't aren't filled. You know, they just great characters. I love them. I really love them. I am Bethan Dixon Bate, and I'm playing Meep. Best describes, I think, as a blue hamster who's eaten a beach ball. Cute but monstrous. Fantastic, basically. Lovely. Let's do one more. Beep, supreme of all the Meeps. A genocidal maniac wanted half the universe over. It wasn't my fault, Doctor. It was the Black Sun made me do such terrible, terrible things. Perhaps. But did the Black Sun make you enjoy doing them too? I think it's pretty interesting that the nasty intergalactic police actually are on the side of the goodies, which I thought was quite interesting. And that Sharon ends off becoming the doctor's assistant. That's fantastic. And that was a surprise. And, oh, Meep didn't eat Starsky the cat. I was very pleased about that because that was worrying me for quite a long time until I got to the very end. I think the Meep, actually, there's, there's, you know, there's a sort of little bad part of the Meep that actually is that that bit that wants to burn the whole world. And I think that the, the thing that about the Meep is the Meep is very childlike. And he does have that sort of sense of a really angry, cross child that wants to burn the entire world. And I don't feel like that at all. I know originally when we did do a Beep the Meep story ages ago, uh, our good old friend Toby Longworth played Beep the Meep. But it seemed to me that it should be a cutesy female voice, even though it's a male character. And I just thought it's going to have an effect on it. But then I remember my old friend uh, Bethan Dixon-Bate who I met 20-odd years ago when I did a tour of Brideshead Revisited. And um, I bumped into her recently at one of those uh, a sort of voiceover seminar thing that some people asked me to speak at, which was ridiculous. Why, why should I speak at something like that? But there you go. And uh, it reminded me of her, and she kept in touch. And I thought, and she, as you'll hear from Bethan's voice, she's got a really unique quality to her voice. And I thought it would work very well and that she would play it with great relish. And she has. Yeah, do you know, I would have thought that it was, it feels even longer ago than 2019. So I was quite shocked. I expected to find out it was like 2007 or something. Time is a funny thing, isn't it? Time passes without us even knowing. It just did. Just then? Yeah. What? I told you. I I don't speak lies, me. Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type star beast. That's two words, star space beast into the search pane at the top to find this one. Meanwhile, of course, it's the Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. That's right. And now we've got Doctor Who Time oh. Reef. That's number 113. Oh. oh, I remember this. This is, is this Peter Davison? It is indeed Peter Davison, Sarah Sutton. Uh, and it's a wonderful release with uh, a lovely cover, actually, of a cool cool little ship a rocky plateau and didn't this have the character of thomas brewster in it you are correct john pickard that's right it was a little sort of uh, um collection of adventures with this new uh, male companion um interestingly this also had a one-parter with it too called a perfect world by jonathan morris Who wouldn't want a perfect world? Thomas Brewster, for one. But anyway, uh, here's the trailer. Something's 
coming through. I know that sound. It's him. He's coming back. It's the doctor. Look behind me. <laughs> Hello down there. In the dark before the door. You lied, doctor. You tricked us. Hello down there. We trusted you, doctor. So you traded us damaged goods and deserted us. You lured my ship to this rock and stranded us. Open up your TARDIS. We're commandeering it. It's gone. My TARDIS is dead. It's over. I am waiting to be yes, born. Yes, Who are you? I was the rock. Who are you now? I am the hunter. And there is no escape. Quiet! In my old life, we fed new slaves on mud so they knew their place. And they didn't speak out of turn. Monsters ahoy! You idiot! You've led them here! You worm! The Rook will kill us all! Curse the Rook. And curse the damned doctor who brought us here and abandoned us all to our fate! Yeah. Nicholas Farrell as well in it. It's a good cast. Very good cast. Great cast, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Um, I mind you, um, I just wanted to go back to the Star Beast, actually. And it's, uh, I think it's really interesting that um, uh, as something that gets mentioned in that behind the scenes thing is that Alan Barnes, the script editor, said to me uh, that the Star Beast is like the perfect story for introducing a new era of Doctor Who. And isn't it interesting that Russell T. Davis chose it? to introduce a new era of Doctor Who. He thought, that is a great story. And I great know minds, that, you great know, minds. as you'll all find out, what Russell has done with it is very different. Our, our comic strip adaptation was very much as literal as possible an adaptation of the comic strip, whereas Russell has taken the core of the idea and done his phenomenal Russell T. Davis thing with it, uh, which I know is going to go down so brilliantly. Um, but yeah, interesting that, you know, uh, I suppose it's part it's in of the, the fun, who. though, isn't it? Is the, is the different ways in which one can approach a story. You know, it's great that we've got something here which is incredibly faithful to the comics, and then it's also great that Russell is able to take it and do something completely different with it and present it in another way. You know, it's, you you could enjoy both. Yeah, I mean, and also if uh, you get a chance to listen to the drama tease later of Star Beast. Um, I, there's a way that one of the monsters' names is pronounced that I deliberately had the actors pronounce it in the way that I mispronounced it at the time when I first read the Star Beast. <laughs> they call them, I can't remember how they pronounce it in the TV series, the TV episode now, but in this version they say Warath Warriors. Warath. 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 I think it's wrath is how it's meant to be. Wrath warriors, but I but I thought were wrath, but it just amused me, and I, and and it was even funnier when we got the the guys doing the voices, uh, saying it that way. Uh, anyway, um, it's listen. I better get on and email Jackie Emery, uh, the content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live at the bigfinish.com website. Dom Domcom. Dom Dom Benji, I wonder whether you can, I don't know, shuffle a few papers around, find the info. Uh, you know, it's top secret, I know. Um, but there's some files there that you may... It, I yes. think it's got the information of how to get the discount. You know, this this is actually, this bit of paper you're hearing yeah. is a pre, pre-folded bit of paper because I was actually recording this very bit of paper for a big finished release. So oh, wow. It's so actually, that's genuine Foley fodder. That's genuine Foley fodder. It's an experienced actor. That bit of paper. It's it's already you know it's it's it's, it's actually my new stage name, Foley fodder. <laughs> Foley fodder. My name is Doctor Foley fodder, and if you want to access this wonderful discount, you just go to bigfinish.com on the Foley fodder website. Head to podcasts in the podcast section. Click read more because you obviously want to read more, and then you click here and enter the code buck up the code is buck up all one word no space no full stop at the end despite it being there with a full stop b-u-c-k-u-p enter that in and you will get 25 wonderful percent off of doctor who time reef so just do it nicely done 
I mean, I, I don't think I could ask for more. Well, you could ask for more, but you're not getting it. You know, <laughs> can't, can't I have, have 30%? Always. No, you can't have it always. Oh, all right then. Well, um, spot on, Ram. Spot on. As of now, next week's podcast, uh, which is out on the 19th of November, is called Defender Terrors. Uh, because it features the 10th Doctor Chronicles, Defender of the Earth, which is out on Tuesday, the 21st of November, and the uh, Doctor Who audio novel, The Box of Terrors. Yeah, Ooh. that's out on Thursday, the 23rd of November. Thursday, the 23rd of November. That date. What is it about that date? <laughs> we all know. We all know. Ashencore? Anniversary of the Battle of Ashencore? Oh, yes, that's right, yes. That's my little 40 towers and off there. Um, in the meantime, it only remains me to say that this edition on the Big Finish podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it, of course. Yes. And Benji and I did this for, for the, the love, love of stories. stories. And finally, on the Big Finish podcast, let us travel back in time to our comic strip adaptation of Doctor Who, The Star Beast, starring Tom Baker. Nine o'clock on Wednesday, the 20th of February, 1980. In Yorkshire, gas board officials are investigating the cause of last night's explosion at the Black Castle steel mills. No one is thought to have been injured in the blast, which blew out windows up to half a mile away. Meanwhile, eyewitness reports claiming that an unidentified flying object was seen low in the skies above Black Castle just prior to the explosion have been roundly dismissed by local councillor Ron Sheffield. For Pete's sake, it was just some low-flying aircraft. Any folks saying they've seen a UFO from Mars want to get their eyes tested. <laughs> Believe me, Black Castle's last place on Earth aliens would want to visit. In other news, the Ministry of Defence report into the military manoeuvres that caused accidental damage to homes in the village of Stockbridge last October has been denounced as a white woman. See you later! I'm a monster, I'm a monster. Fudge! You're a wazzock, that's what you are, nearly scared us to death. <laughs> You're fair. Get yourself gone if you've just come round to be horrible. Oh, come on, Sharon. I mean it, Fudge. I'd sooner get to school on my own. Hey, I only came round to warn you. Warn me about what? Duh, the thing. The it. Creature from another world who's come to eat our bread. Don't want to be hanging around with you then, do I? I'd have no chance if the it's got to choose between us. Hey, now who's being horrible? Look, just buzz off, will you? All right, all right, Pax. Pax, Shar. Pax. Pax, then. He's still a wazzock, mind. It's true, though. About Monster. They even had it on news last night. No, they didn't. They said anyone who reckons they saw UFO wants to get their head examined. Debbie Kerbishley said her mum saw it while she was putting out cat. All on fire, she said it were. Fudge. Debbie Kerbishley said she met the Fonz in the Golden Egg that time and he asked her out. Well, yeah. Like the Fonz had asked Debbie Kerbishley out. Of course. <laughs> He's in the Golden Egg all the time. Seriously, though, it weren't just her mum who saw UFO. And there's police blocking roads around the mills still. I saw them on their way around. Well, there would be. There's been an explosion. They're only saying that because they don't want to cause panic. But really, it's because they know there's an alien monster on the... L What's up now? Sharon, what colour's alien blood, you suppose? I don't know. You're the sky-fi expert. Sci-fi? Won't be red, though, will it? What does it matter? Fudge, we'll be late. I say it's green. Whatever it is. Look, Fudge, I'm not getting a lunchtime detention. Don't move! You're going to tread in it. Treading what? Oh. There. Green blood. 
alien blood. You don't want to tread in alien blood, it might be acid. It's just paint, Dimbo. Hey, careful, Shara. It's not acid. See? It's still wet, though. <laughs> don't smell much like paint. All in a trail. Crossroad down footpath towards allotments. Fudge, we are not going to follow it. Hyperspace jump completed. Planet Sol 3 in sight. That is where the radiation trail leads. It is, sir. Then pinpoint the target at once. We regret to inform you, sir, the, the radiation trail has become dispersed in the planet's stratosphere. Point of impact may only be determined by scanning at ground level. Is the planet inhabited? Records indicate it is home to many species. Birds, fish, reptiles, and also to creatures named humans. Humans? That is what it says in our files. Show me these humans. Yes, sir. They don't have exoskeletons. No, sir. Those outer hides. That skin, isn't it? Yes, sir. Any species unable to evolve a more efficient covering is an evolutionary dead end. What are your orders, sir? If only I had the ordnance, I'd order a mass missile strike. Take the whole damn planet out. But that would not be fair on the birds, the fish and the reptiles. You and your bleeding hearts, Reek. Continue scanning all frequencies. Our target cannot have disappeared. Ugh! Now there's mud in my shoes. That's weird. What's weird is how I let you talk me into this. Oh. The trail just stops here. Only it can't just stop, can it, Shaq? Fudge, if I get a lunchtime detention, they'll send a letter home. I don't want school to send a letter home, alright? Got it. This must be where Mothership came and beamed the monster up. From allotments? Yeah. We'd best warn someone. Rhubarb patch might be radioactive, like our nan's cauliflower cheese. Fudge, your nan's cauliflower cheese ain't radioactive. I mean, anyone eats it, they die. Oh, your monster went and hid in one of these sheds. Don't be stupid, they're all locked up. This one ain't. Padlock's hanging off. Like it's been lasered. Get her off. If it had been lasered, it'd be all melted. There you go. Come on, Fudge, there's no ear. I suppose you're right. Shit, we missed our close encounter. Hold on. There is someone in there. Nah. The monster got beamed up, probably. You're right, we should go. You heard it, Fudge. Like someone knocked over a paint can or something. What's doing? You're mad. If we're caught, someone will think we broke lock. They'll think we've been nicking stuff. Like what? Cauliflowers. Hello? Anyone in there? Sure, it might be a tramp. Yeah, it's February and I don't know if you've noticed, but it's freezing. So? So, it might be someone in need of help. <sighs> oh, heck. It is an alien. Run, Shar, run! Fudge! <coughs> I think he's crying. Hello? It's all right. We're not, we're not going to hurt you. Meep. Meep. My name's Sharon. Sharon. What's yours? Meep. Meep. Ain't much of a name, is it? Meep. Bit weedy. That's fudge. Ignoring Meep. Everyone else does. I'm just saying, not much to look at, is it? Your Meep. Like a hamster swallowed a beach ball. And them ears, they're just stupid. What do you expect an alien to look like, bird brain? I think he's sweet. Don't get too close, he might have space mange. He was bleeding, remember? Are you hurt? It's alright, you can show me. Oh, nasty. Give us your scarf, Fudge. What for? To mop up blood, stupid. Uh, it's me Black Castle Wanderer's scarf. Give us the scarf. Alright, if it means so much to you. Tell him it's gonna cost him, mind. <coughs> That's right, cost you. Secret of interstellar travel, at least. Fudge, furthest you've been is at your posh aunties in Leicester. So maybe I want to broaden my horizons. Today, Black Castle, tomorrow the moons of Jupiter. Yeah, and while you're about it, Meep, I'll want an anti-gravity suit to fly with, a time compressor to make a school day last five minutes, and uh, an, an invisible ray. What use is an invisible ray? Well, make myself invisible. Why would you want to make yourself invisible? <laughs> uh, boys. There. Any better? I think the bleeding stopped. Meep, meep. 
Yeah, but shouldn't we get him down to Vets or something? <coughs> oh, all right, I'm only kidding. It's all right. We won't tell no one about you. We promise. <coughs> Be serious, shall we? We've got to tell someone. I don't know, police or council or someone. No, fudge! We tell anyone. They'll only take him away. Come on, what are they going to do? Put him in zoo? Exactly. We don't want anyone poking their noses in. We found him. He's our alien. Our secret. Our problem, more like. <coughs> you said it, mate. Meep, meep. Sir! Sir! What is it, Zreek? A supraorbital energy trace. There, in the planet's magnetosphere. It is the wrong type of radiation. It cannot be our quarry. No, sir. But it might be an accomplice. I do the thinkings, Zreek. It might be an accomplice. Can you pinpoint the source of the energy trace? I can, sir. It's small. Very small. There's a light source on the top. An accomplice bringing an escape capsule, it must be. Ready the dredger beam. Capture that capsule. Fishing rod? No. Gas mask? Pike stars? Yeah, perhaps. No. I could have sworn I left them in here somewhere. Part dismantled sonic cannon? No. K9, get that, would you? K9, that's the exospheric disturbance alarm, and I'm rather busy. Yes, I must find my maracas. I mean, I can't visit Benidorm without my maracas. It just wouldn't do. K9, that alarm is sounding terribly urgent. Wait a minute. K9, he's not even here. I say, that's a starship in a geostationary orbit around the Earth. A starship doesn't belong in a geostationary orbit around the Earth. caught my TARDIS and attracted me. On the bright side, it dislodged my maracas. Hooray! This is Zobroth. Now hear this, my warriors. The fugitive has gone to ground on the blue-green planet below. But he cannot escape the wrath of Warath. Have identified an accomplice of the target and intercepted their travel capsule. The fugitive is within our grasp. Sweet dredger beam off. Soon our mission will be over. Soon the beast will die. Hola! I said, hola! Look, whoever you are, the least you could do for a fellow whose space-time ship you shanghaied is hola back. Yes, and while you're about it, it's as black as pitch in here. So put some lights on. Well, if you won't... Ah, that looks like a light switch. Now, oh, what do I do? Push it, squeeze it, press it, press it and turn it, perhaps, and... Goodness me, it's a person. I say, did I just press and turn your eyeball? Docking Bay Sentry. Suspected accomplice has made an unprovoked attack on your person. Who, who said that? Look, I didn't know it was this Sentry person's eyeball, lit up like that and glowing yellow. It was practically begging to be pushed, squeezed or pressed. Granted, the turning was a little unnecessary. Restrain him! Yes, sir. Yes. In the light of my TARDIS, it's all become clear. What a strange and powerful creature you are, you are. And such interesting armor. Is that real, Kaitin? Please, let's introduce ourselves properly. I'm the Doctor. For the fourth time. Hello. Suspect is carrying grenades. Disarm him at once. Grenades? These are just my morale. Uh, oh, oh yeah, uh, yes, actually, grenades. And if you don't call your sentry off, whoever you are, I'll drop them. Boom! What do you say to that, hmm, hombre? 
I, I'm sorry, clear your throat. Oh, I didn't quite catch that. Spit it out. Excellent, Sentry. Keep those tongue digits tight over its breathing membrane while you take the grenades from its grasp. Grenade secured, sir. Good. Now, squeeze tighter with your tongue to render it unconscious. I obey. <laughs> Creature is unconscious, sir. Then relax your tongue and remove the creature to the medical section. I have a plan. It's all right, Meep. That signal means course clear. Come over yard if you're coming. Don't worry. We're going to hide you out at Fudge's house till we can work out what to do with you. Come on. Meep, quietly, you. There's folks living either side of us, you know. Through back door, hurry. Are you sure your mum's out, Fudge? It's wash day. She'll be down easy clean all morning. As long as she's not putting in a service wash. Oh, laddie, da service wash. We are that posh. Besides, she goes for the gossip. Now, in, Shar, in, in, in. Through kitchen, into hallway, upstairs. Our room's first one along after the bathroom. <coughs> it's all right. It's an Easter A cat. One of our earth mammals. He can't hurt you. So long as you are one of old man Lurch's pigeons, anyhow. Starsky, mate, this is me. <laughs> Be like that, then. Yeah, and keep off the main road. You remember what happened to Hutch? Come on, Fudge. We're late as it is. We don't want school thinking we're on the wag. They won't. There's a hole in the fence past woodwork block. We can sneak in that way, then if anyone asks, say you've been the bog all along. Girl's problem. What about you? I'll just tell them we had one of them packet curries last night. Look, just trust us. <laughs> Meep's right. We can't leave him here all alone till home time. What if your mum finds him? Ha! She only dares enter our room once a week to gather dirty laundry. But it's washed here today, so she won't. You're going to be all right, Meep. We'll be back as soon as it's home time, I promise. <coughs> Upstairs then, Fairbag. One thing, though. You better not do no weird metamorphosis or out in my bedroom. Some of us have got to sleep in there, you know. Operate Zogroth on this... this... Humanoid? Those are my instructions, surgeon. But its skeleton is inside its body. I don't know where to begin. Big finish for the love of stories.